I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the author of 16 different books and more on the way. And she's the uh, subject of a documentary and a long radio series. And now, of course, her own show and podcast, radio show. Uh, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg is our uh, host each and every week. Uh, I should say Byham. By, I think uh, that's how you pronounce it, right, Doc? W- welcome, Doc. Uh, it, it, uh, it, give us the pronunciation of by. I always hit the H very hard. By him. Uh, by him is fine. By him is fine. But, uh, but most people uh, don't even bother to pronounce the H. So it's just by him. By him. Right. Uh, it, it, the H recedes so far into the back of the throat that you don't hear it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's by him. And my father uh, always used to say to people, it's like buy them and sell them. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, that that went over big because they could pronounce that for yeah, sure. That's for sure. Well, we uh, that's where it, it, it made it clear to me. I got to watch the pronunciation. What a great man. We heard all about him last week. What a great man, and we got so many uh, texts and uh, people saying, hey, that was uh, wonderful, and it was very nice, very, you know, very nice tribute to your dad uh, on you know, right after Father's Day. It was uh, just perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was a day or two after, uh, right, and and I did want to to remember him and and praise him so the people would know that they are there are people like my dad out there unsung uh but nonetheless great people great person so. is, is for sure and and your husband as well listen I, I i think it's up for dispute whether the guy who's the governor of your state is a, is a great person right he's uh <laughs> Yeah, he's somebody who's vetoing things left and right, and we were just talking a little bit off uh, off mic, and um, you know he he's not one for the democratic process, is he? Uh, not at all. That's right. He ignores uh, even his own legislature, which is heavily Republican. Uh, so he has vetoed seventy-seven bills that were passed uh, during this past legislature, and. The Texas legislature only meets once every two years. Uh, I'll probably be repeating that fact during during my talk, but uh, but anyway, uh, so people have to strike while the legislature is there uh, if they want anything done, or they have to wait for two years uh, for the next one to crop up. Uh, so anyway, uh, vetoing 77 bills, among which there were many good ones, um, is a scandal, and it is blackmail. And he has the power to call the legislature back into session. He has already done it once, and they didn't do what he wanted. <laughs> so he's calling them back again. So there they are. Uh, he's he's going to, I suppose, he's going to keep calling them back into session until they break down and, and pass the bills that he wants. And that's what I'm going to talk about first uh, today, but I'm going to talk about the, his other deeds uh, over the past years, um, which are also uh, pretty hair-raising, um, and they are major, both uh, all of them. So here we go. Uh, it was in this past Sunday's San Antonio Express News uh, in the main editorial the headline was, 
Abbott veto Abbott's veto tantrum, no way to lead. Wow. <laughs> Oh. Congratulations to the San Antonio Express <laughs> News. <laughs> what a headline. Whoa. <laughs> yes. And the first paragraph reads, In a flash of power, Governor Greg Abbott recently voted 77 bills passed during the 88th legislation session. But whether this achieves his goal of bringing vouchers to Texas and instituting his preferred version of property tax reform remains to be seen, unquote. The Texas legislature, here I go again, I just told you this, um, Texas legislature meets only biennially every two years. Obviously, if the governor uh, wishes to get a priority of his past, he has to concentrate on the legislature while he can. Abbott has already called it back for one special session, and they passed neither of his priority ideas to uh, reduce property taxes since inflation caused, uh, caused home assessments uh, to, to rise far beyond the home's actual worth. Uh, for example, my own house, my own home, uh, is worth somewhere around $300,000, but its tax assessment was 450000 on which I, of course, have to pay taxes. Uh, so that is inflated, and it takes away from my income, match. Uh, but it's not small property owners like me that Abbott wishes to relieve. It is billionaires and large corporations. And similarly, Abbott has been touting school vouchers for many months, long before this legislature came into session. He wants to offer an $8,000 bonus to any family that wishes either to homeschool their child or to send him or her to a private school. Of course, a year in a private school costs somewhere around $35,000 per year, and $8,000 is a drop in the bucket. But to many untutored ears, $8,000 sounds huge. But vouchers would take away money that are, is normally destined for public schools and teachers' salaries and the physical plants, that is, school buildings and supplies. Texas rates about fourth from the bottom among states in quality of education, teacher pay, benefits, supplies, and the state of its school buildings. Cutting the allocation for public education in favor of vouchers for private schools would push te Texas's public education rating and the reality uh, even lower. But, um, but Abbott is calling the legislature back uh, into session and promises to continue doing so until his pet projects are passed. The, 27, the 77 vetoes, uh, excuse me while I push the cat off of my, off of my <laughs> notes here. <laughs> And he's being very stubborn about it. Yeah. <laughs> he may once be a, a cat, an Abbott supporter. Yeah, once a cat gets an idea, uh, <laughs> he or she uh, will carry it out no matter what. And uh, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, uh, cutting the allocation for public education in favor of vouchers would pu uh, push uh, Texas public education rating down. Uh, to th uh, three from the bottom or maybe less, uh, and the 77 vetoes are a means of blackmailing the legislators 
since among those 77 vetoed bills were many bipartisan supported causes that would have benefited Texans. And I'm going to give you one example, which I think is really egregious example of, of uh, uh, vetoing. Uh, House Bill 4759, or the Ramon Najera Act, would have strengthened the criminal penalties for repeated dog attacks and allow confidential reporting of vicious dogs to animal control authorities. The motive for the bill was a horrific February attack by two pit bull mixes with a history of harassing and biting neighbors that escaped from their yard, mauled and killed Nahera, an 81-year-old Air Force retiree who was walking on the street. Nahera's wife, who came to his aid to try to save him, was also severely bitten while she was trying to defend him. And Abbott vetoed that bill, saying, quote, existing laws penalize attacks by dangerous dogs, and he further described the bill as overcriminalization. But, of course, the bill uh, obviously is ineffective, since... Uh, Packs of dogs are roaming the streets of San Antonio, especially in the, in the southern part of San Antonio, where most Hispanics, and in the eastern part, where most blacks are living. Uh, and they do, uh, they do threaten the neighbors. I've seen them. Um, and he, he uh, okay, so, uh, so he believed that was uh, uh, unnecessary because we do have a law against uh, dangerous dogs, but an ineffective one. So, um, so the danger of, of uh, dog attacks uh, continues. And I had a cat, uh, one of my favorite cats in, in all of my in my uh, lifetime, which is a long one, of uh, having cats with me most of the time, uh, was killed by a, uh, a pack of dogs up here in uh, in this uh, Republican area, oh my God. area where I'm wow. living, um, and where most dogs are leashed or or in yards. And here were two roaming and rather large dogs who attacked my uh, my favorite cat, had him. Uh, cornered against the neighbor's house and the fence, uh, and it was about they were about to kill him. Unfortunately, when when I adopted him, he was uh, had been declawed, and so he was helpless to defend himself. Uh, and I got there just in time, but he'd already been bitten, and uh, and they had penetrated one of his kidneys, and he died. Oh my gosh. And, yeah, so um, so these dogs uh, can can do damage, not directly to human beings, but uh, but I still mourn that cat, <laughs> who was a real companion for me. Oh my gosh! And uh, uh, and so they did damage to me also, um, indirectly. Now the Republican Party is supposed to stand for small government and local control. But Abbott's regime has achieved the opposite. Uh, in a legislative session largely uh, defined by regressive bills that stripped away local control, uh, for instance, uh, bills that did pass uh, targeted transgender youth uh, 
which in my opinion is, is nobody's business but the business of the families and the people involved, and certainly not the government. Um, another failed to increase public education funding, failed to enact, uh, and of course uh, failed to enact meaningful gun safety reform that required that a gun in every public school uh, now be present. Um, and uh, for the sake of forcing through his property tax cuts for the wealthy and his voucher program, uh, he's sacrificed a number of sound policies. So anyway, this article on the 77 vetoes got me to thinking, uh, just what other bills has Abbott passed during his past years in office? And what have been his other priorities? And what effect have they had upon Texas? Uh, effects that also concern the country as a whole. And uh, so I'm enumerating them now. Uh, first of all, there's the Texas abortion ban, uh, which is the worst in the country, and which uh, allows your neighbors to spy on you. And if you are pregnant and you are attempting to get an abortion, they can denounce you uh, or denounce anybody who's helping you uh, and get a nice chunk of money for, for uh, tattling on, uh, on your neighbor. Um, there is that one, and then there is, uh, it, and of course, the abortion ban, uh, bans abortion after six weeks, uh, and that's uh, when most people don't, most women, uh, have no idea whether they're pregnant or not, because uh, uh, their uh, periods may come late uh, routinely. Uh, so anyway, there, that's number one. Number two is immigration. Uh, especially on the southern border, of course. Uh, and the third one is gun policy. And the fourth one I'm going to uh, mention is Medicaid. Now, I'm going to leave abortion, the abortion ban, until last, because I think it's probably the most scandalous and damaging to half the population. So uh, regarding the bar our border with Mexico, um, uh, Abbott seems to abhor the, the masses of people seeking to come to the United States legally or illegally, whether they're seeking asylum or not. His Operation Lone Star says it all, and I'm going to uh, give a canned um, description of Operation Lone Star and then comment a bit about that. Um, so Lone Star is a joint operation between the Texas Department of Public Safety and the Texas Military Department. So in other words, the Texas uh, State Guard um, along the southern border between Texas and Mexico. Uh, it was launched in March 2021. And the stated purpose, according to Greg Abbott, is to counter illegal immigration, illegal drug uh, trade, arms trafficking, and human smuggling. And as of November 2022, it was the most expensive operation in Texas military history, totaling $4 billion, and the largest deployment of forces since the Civil War. The operation deployed uh, over 20,000 military and law enforcement personnel 
uh, averaging 10,000 downrange at a time. And it has, uh, it has succeeded in apprehending uh, immigrants that come in. But the problem with Lone Star is that to this date, uh, those those troops, those 20,000 troops who had no authority to arrest anyone, they can apprehend them, that is, meet them, and then escort them uh, to the federal authorities supplied by the United States government, who then uh, triage them into legitimate asylum seekers or criminals or drug dealers and so forth. Uh, and act accordingly. So it's not the uh, the four billion dollar uh, Lone Star operation that's doing the real business there. It's the federal government, uh, and uh, uh, Greg Abbott is not recognizing this in any public way. Although the Senate did, um, the Senate Bill 602. Uh, expanded, and now it's becoming law, but hasn't quite yet, uh, has expanded the authority of the Border Patrol agents uh, who have completed the Texas Department of Public Service training program to include arrest, search, and seizure at uh, border checkpoints and points of entry for felony offenses under Texas law. So current law only allows agents to detain the individuals and take them, as I said before, to the federal, to the feds for processing. And then also, and there's another Senate bill, 423, that provides the Texas uh, state um, forces uh, the authority to use uh, drones as part of an oper their operation or their mission. Uh, the bill legalizes their use for search and recovery missions uh, after natural disasters, of course, also, and for monitoring the border as part of the Operation Lone Star. And, of course, that's costing even more. So by now, I'm sure we've spent another billion dollars um, because this uh, this little description of Operation Lone Star was written in, uh, no in November 22. Okay, so much for Operation Lone Star, which has uh, bled statewide <laughs> and for very little. Um, it is true that uh, that the uh, this mass of soldiers uh, standing on the border or sitting in their jeeps at the border, staring across the uh, the Rio Grande, has met and escorted uh, thousands of people, uh, and so has succeeded in. Um, and helping out with uh, 325,000 um, apprehensions and 21,900 criminal arrests, uh, including 9,400 felony charges and so on. So they, they have helped in detecting uh, people who need to be triaged and processed. Uh, but that's all they've done for those billions. And at the same time, they have kept those boys, uh, young men, uh, standing on the border, staring, staring across the river, um, and kept them away from their homes, and their businesses, and there have been suicides because uh, of the hardship. 
uh, on the families with the father gone indefinitely because this Operation Lone Star is not stopping. The next one I want to talk about, the next uh, Abbott policy, is gun policy. Uh, the gun policy is open carry. Anybody who wants to carry a gun is perfectly able legally to carry it openly. And if you want to buy a gun and you're 18 or older, <laughs> 18, uh, as I know boys at 18, or women very rarely, but boys certainly are, uh, women very rarely purchase guns, but uh, at 18, they may be a bit more mature than the 18-year-old boys. But uh, from my experience, an 18-year-old boy is still a kid. Yeah, no uh, doubt, no doubt about that. Yeah, and no questions are asked. Um, if if you are 18, you can just walk in and buy one, and you can buy any gun, any caliber, uh, up to uh, an AK-45 or a uh, an AR-15, uh, and any size magazine with hundreds of uh, bullets in like, it. Like buying a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Eighteen-year-olds so, can buy cigarettes, and they could buy guns. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yes. Well, they they cannot buy beer. Right. They can't they buy beer, but they can buy guns. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, Abbott has, has firmly resisted changing uh, the age from uh, from eighteen to twenty-one, um, and I think that's because the National uh, Rifle Association. Uh, wants to uh, grease the palm of the uh, uh, of the gun lobby uh, by assuring that more guns will be sold and the advertising for guns you know be a man buy an ar-15 um, yeah. that sort of thing uh, is is very persuasive for an 18 year old and back uh, back a, a year ago um uh, there was this terrible massacre uh, of school children and teachers uh, in Uvalde, Texas. And uh, one of the, uh, the most egregious examples of Abbott's policy in action was what he did after the massacre was over. The very day after the massacre of 19 children and two teachers and 17 wounded, uh, he came to talk to the shocked and bereaved people, but he spent his time talking about the speedy efficiency of the police action. At that point, he'd been misinformed. He did not know that the police stood in the halls of that school um, at the other end of the school from where the, uh, the gunman had shot the people already and was enclosed there, uh, probably in an unlocked room. Uh, but they waited 72 minutes while at least one teacher and several students who could have been saved bled to death and were pleading for help with their cell phones, which were for some reason not connected with the, uh, with the police cell phones. Uh, and so 
Uh, it was a totally bungled operation from the point of the police. Uh, but he praised, Abbott praised the police for their uh, heroic behavior. Um, and never mentioned the word gun. Uh, he, he blamed the whole thing on mental illness. And that has been his mantra ever since. Uh, every time there's another, and there have been several mass shootings since then, not to mention small daily uh, murders and injuries. Um, and uh, he has always talked about mental illness. That has been uh, the cause for everything. And all what we have to do is make sure there are no crazies out there, but they can be 18 and can buy guns anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Because there's no, not enough questions asked at the time of purchase uh, to identify the ones. And, and, of course, we don't have any red flag laws or anything like that in Texas yet. So um, we have other measures that have been enacted, like combination locks on school doors, automatically locking classroom doors of reinforced steel, a patrol officer armed in every school and so forth. So schools should become fortresses. And we're very worried about the, uh, uh, the gloom, the, uh, the environment um, of the schools, and yet we are creating um, by turning them into fortresses. Uh, we're creating a gloomy and fearful environment for the kids who have to go there. And there's, uh, um, it, it, there is, of course, there was the bill to raise the age of, of a buyer uh, purchasing a gun from 18 to 21, which was defeated in the legislature. Uh, so it didn't go anywhere. Um, and Abbott was, was gleeful for that. He did not want to change the age. And I've already discussed that one. And so that is where we are in Texas as far as gun laws are concerned. Uh, we had a perfectly fine candidate for governor, uh, uh, Beto O'Rourke, who ran promising to pass uh, safety legislation so uh, to uh, be able to identify uh, dangerous people before they, uh, they got hold of guns and, and started shooting, uh, and also to raise the age to 21. But he was defeated. And uh, Abbott came back as our governor once again. And I think that, uh, that uh, Abbott uh, benefits from the sympathy vote from women uh, because he is, uh, for life, uh, he's confined to a wheelchair. And I think uh, the spectacle of a handsome man uh, condemned to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life uh, is something that arouses uh, certain women to vote for him. Um, but in any case, he, he came back, and of course then no gun legislation passed. Then there's Medicaid and the problem of Medicaid. Um, the Affordable Care Act was passed over heavy Republican resistance. Uh, Obamacare um, is the other name for it, the common name for Affordable Care Act. It did pass the U.S. Congress. 
Uh, but Medicaid, which is a supplement that was meant to close the gap in the laws regarding the minimum income to qualify for the Affordable Care Act. So Medicaid uh, was uh, invented so that the poorest could enjoy Obamacare too. But it was something that each state had to accept or not accept. And by, by now, in the beginning, a lot of the red states did not accept it, but, but by now, most of them have accepted it, but of course not Texas. The Lone Star State has to reinforce its reputation of being lone and special, and, <laughs> and <laughs> special yeah. in, uh, in abusing the poor because they have no Medicaid and no health insurance at all. Governor Abbott forbids it, so the poor must simply be left to croak. <laughs> and I've watched this, the effects of this policy on members of my church congregation. I belong to a Hispanic church in south of uh, San Antonio. Since I speak Spanish, uh, I can be of use down there. Uh, and so uh, the, the Jesuits were running that, that uh, church for a long time until they... Uh, had too few priests to be able to maintain it, and it's now being run by Franciscans. But in any case, I'm down there, and I see these people coming in, being wheeled in because they had a limb, a leg usually, uh, or, or below the knee, a foot, um, amputated because of um, an infection caused by diabetes. Diabetes is rampant in the Hispanic population. Because of poor diet, um, down in the so south of San Antonio, there are few um, grocery stores that sell fresh produce. And so um, the people have a very poor diet on the whole, and uh, that's one reason for the diabetes. But in any case, um, the, the poorest and neediest, uh, when they get sick, either get help from their neighbors or their their uh, family or their rel yeah their their relatives or they die, and many have died. I have noticed that uh, a lot of these people who were being wheeled in to mass um, have simply disappeared, um, and they have. Uh, then I see their write up in the obituary columns in the newspaper. So that is the um, problem with uh, uh, with health insurance for the poor in Texas because Medicaid has been refused by Governor Abbott. And then we get back to abortion, yeah. which was the worst of all of these things that Abbott, that Abbott has approved of. It has been one year and four days since the June 24th 2022 um, uh, time when the Supreme Court, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito um, wrote a brief overruling Roe v. Wade, and it was made into law by the entire, not entire, by the majority, the conservative majority on the Supreme Court. And it was a great victory for those who believed that a sperm entering an egg constitute a human being. And it was a resounding defeat for those who believed that any woman as a human being equal to any man should have the right to determine what happens to her own body as any man has. 
and that right has been taken away from us, we women, and our status as human beings has been reduced to the chattel of the government because we, if we are young enough and we get pregnant, have been, have been ordered to, commanded to carry that baby to term. We have no choice in the matter. Excuse me, my, my cat just sat on my nose. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, that cat might be a Republican at heart, and she heard you uh, <laughs> going after Abbott, and, and you know, he wants to uh, <laughs> wants to slow you down. He's an Abbott voter, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, to go back to the subject, most American adults, um, and we now know uh, 369 days after uh, Roe v. Wade was uh, was made illegal, uh, most of most American adults support legal abortion with some restrictions, and this was a June 14th Gallup poll, so it has just been taken. Uh, 61% of us hold the view that overturning Roe v. Wade was a bad thing. And 69% of us believe that abortion should be legal in the first three months. Among Republican-led states, Texas has the most draconian laws regarding abortion. Reproductive rights are simply non-existent here. Even in instances of rape and incest, and even medical emergency in many cases, uh, you have to uh, wait and have a doctor examine you very carefully and then decide whether he would be pro uh, prosecuted for helping you if you are dying of a, a, a problem related to your pregnancy. So Senate Bill 8, enacted by Governor Greg Abbott on September 1st, 2021, and so that was long before uh, it, uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, uh, enacted this incredible draconian law which pro prohibits abortions after six weeks and has created this vigilante system to stop planned abortions, stop anybody to, from helping, any, any plans being made <clears throat> to uh, try to stop people from traveling out of state to get an abortion. Um, and uh, despite all of that, um, I think that back alley, illegal and medically unsafe abortions are going on. They're continuing. They would have to uh, because they're, uh, not all women who get pregnant are willing to undergo the, uh, the trials and tribulations of carrying a fetus to term. Uh, and spending uh, eight months of her life doing so. Uh, so, um, so the only legitimate choice for women in Texas uh, is to leave the state. And they're trying. They're, they they dis the legislature discussed a law uh, to prevent people, women from leaving the state, which would have meant setting up a checkpoint as if we were uh, a separate country, which, of course, Texas, the reason why it's the Lone Star State is that it was a republic uh, for about a year. Um, uh, anyway, 
so uh, I can just see uh, being stopped at the border and uh, and being frisked and examined and and then turned away because uh, because I was pregnant and trying to leave the state under suspicion of try of uh, having leaving to have an abortion. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway uh, so at this point, women can actually drive out of state without being stopped. <laughs> uh, and the average drive time to the closest abortion facility, the uh, uh, care facility, health care facility for, gene, uh, for uh, gynecological uh, uh, reasons, uh, uh, was uh, less than an hour. So that was true all over Texas. You could get to a clinic in less than an hour. But now uh, it is 7.3 hours on the average to, uh, to drive to a clinic out of state. So those who have low incomes, women who don't know how to drive, women who don't own a car, Women whose husbands don't want them to uh, to do this, and who are keeping the car from them, uh, and so on. People, uh, poor people, uh, people of color, uh, face the greatest obstacles with uh, the greatest declines in abortions. The, uh, the law has been uh, mainly effective with low income and black women. And Texas is one of the states with the most severe social inequities anyway, uh, especially in maternal deaths and poverty. We have the highest uh, number of maternal deaths in the country and uh, the highest instances of poverty. So a shocking article appeared in last Sunday's Express News. A uh, transgender woman named Josie Norris, and I think this was published uh, in the New York Times, I'm not sure, but I think it was published nationally in one of our uh, great newspapers. Uh, she decided to take uh, her reproductive future into her own hands. And uh, this I did not know, that many transgender women are able to have a baby. Um, since uh, since they have the equipment, the internal equipment to do yeah. so. Right. Oh, my God. And since Josie was not planning to have kids, uh, she had her fallopian tubes removed and sterilized herself. She didn't do it herself, obviously, but right. uh, she, she had the operation. And the demise of Roe versus Wade has caused some women to consider self-mutilation in the desperate fight oh my God. to remain in control of their own bodies. Ugh. And this I find utterly shocking. Yeah. That this would drive women to the extent of doing that to themselves. To sum up then, Governor Abbott has espoused and furthered some of the most heinous laws of any state in the country, the abortion law of Texas being the worst. And his stance on immigration has cost the state billions of dollars, not to mention the scandal of busing immigrants to states and cities uh, considered to be liberal to show those libs what it's like to be inundated with mobs of the displaced and unwanted. 
and he even lent a bus full of desperate people to Governor Ron DeSantis to be sent to Martha's Vineyard of all places, which was a small place uh, completely uh, ill-equipped to deal with a busload of desperate people. And, of course, Abbott's stance on guns plays, plays directly into the hands of the NRA and uh, goes against the will of the majority of Americans who want sensible safety measures to be enacted and who would do it in a trice except for the fact that the House of Representatives now uh, in Washington is in the hands of Republicans, and we have only a tiny majority in the Senate. And so we've been, um, been unable to pass uh, safety measures. And his refusal of Medicaid is costing many lives of Texans who are too poor to afford health insurance. So he's committing passive murder of those who belong to the large class of poor Texans who become seriously ill. They die in obscurity and silence, but they die nonetheless because Abbott refused to help them out of petty resentment of what he considers a socialist government. And I've had my say now. Wow. Uh, boy, there's so much there. We could do a whole other show just uh, discussing what you. We could do ten other shows uh, discussing just what you just said there. Uh, the one thing, believe it or not, that sticks out in my mind, uh, and I want to make sure I understand, and it had to do with the abortion issue. Uh, you said that anywhere in Texas, there are only one hour from uh, from a safe haven. Uh, to be able to uh, receive medical treatment, um, they were they were before the uh, uh, before oh, 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 Wade was was. I got uh, you. I got you. I I, I thought you were saying because uh, Texas is a pretty huge uh, is a pretty yeah, huge state, yeah. and mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Don't tell me uh, everyone in Texas is just one hour from a, a state border. No, they used to be, but they've uh, they've closed them. I think they closed down all but about two. Uh, that are doing gynecological work, uh, other unrelated to abortion, of course. Uh, but if you want an abortion, um, in your six-week <laughs> window or after, which is more than most of, uh, of women who are trying to get an abortion are in their first three months sometime, uh, you, you do have to go out of state. And so the average... Uh, uh, drive time is seven point three um, hours. Wow, that's uh, just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, uh, the, yeah and Texas is large, and so some some people have to drive have overnight in order to get out of this state. You know the, uh, you know just to uh, you know jump to the other uh, another big issue is uh, as far as the, the Evaldi uh, situ- situation. Um, you know it. For for Abbott to make and and it's hard to call out a faux pas because that's a major, major blunder for him to give credit to the police for quick action on Evaldi. I mean that's going to go down in history as one of the uh, one, one of the uh, most horrendous uh, jobs by the police force uh, in in history. I mean they, the delay, unless I I remember it uh, wrong, uh, the the delay of the uh, of the police to get there 
uh, and, yes. and it costs people's lives. I mean, I I can't imagine, I can't imagine a, a worse example of uh, mm-hmm. of police activity. And I'm pro police. I mean, you know, good. There's good ones out there. I'm not I'm not anti police, uh, but the idea that uh, that that was his his go to was uh, to to applaud the the work of the police. Uh, boy, he really blew that one. Yes, he did. And uh, a lot of people knew it already when he said it, when he was praising the police. A lot of a lot of us already knew that there had been a, a long delay before the police were ordered to, to uh, try to, to get to the killer. Um, uh, one policeman actually went, I think, to the window of the classroom where he was and was pulled away. Uh, because and he would have uh, tried to shoot the guy from the window, and he might have succeeded, but he was pulled away. So, uh, because he was putting himself in danger. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and of course, that's what the police are there for. Poor, poor sure. things. I mean, they they put their lives on the line uh, for the rest of us. That's their job. Uh, but he was prevented from doing that. So uh, and there was all all sorts of horrors that happened in Uvalde. Yeah. So, amazing. Uh, uh, just amazing. But great job, as always, and, and great job by the author. Did we say the uh, author's name again of the, uh, of the article? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Uh, who, the who author, wrote? the author of the, uh, the article you were quoting. Oh, um... I don't. Uh, it was a group of people who wrote the the, uh, the one about uh, uh, the one entitled uh, Abbott's Veto Tantrum: No right. Way to Lead. Yeah, I didn't take the name the names yeah. down, and I don't have the paper here. No, with that's me, okay. So. That's okay. But boy, I, kudos to you know, everybody who contributed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I think that was one of the best uh, articles we've had in a long time. <laughs> And and uh, really coming right out and saying it, you know. Yeah. Uh, they they played Patsy with uh, with Abbott for a long time, and then they decided they just I think just tell the truth, the bald truth, and we are grateful. Just amazing. <laughs> well, great job as always, Doc, and uh, and to everyone out there, uh, everyone out there who listens each and every week, uh, you know. Your thoughts are, are with you. We know you have a lot of choices, uh, but uh, this is um, this is a good one. Uh, Dr. Uh, Florence Byham Weinberg uh, is uh, is about as sensible as you can get, and uh, you know I'm sure we've chased off a lot of Republicans by now. I'm an independent, right? So you know, <laughs> I you know it, it's uh, it, it, you know to me uh, there's so much of what uh, the doc says uh, makes sense. And regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, if you want to be fully educated, you got to listen. You got to listen to every uh, every side. And uh, and and uh, and, and uh, Florence Weinberg uh, has uh, has quoted uh, George Will many times, and, and you know many people, many uh, people from the right, and uh, and giving credit where credit is due. And so give her the same. Uh, if you're listening from the right, I mean, this is just this is food for thought for a lot of people. And and I'll tell you what, um, uh, you know, Greg Abbott uh, has earned so many of his critics that uh, that he has and people looking from the outside. He's you know, he's earned those uh, those critics, but he's just uh, 
Uh, obviously, he's just playing to one group. He, he's bang, uh, he's playing to one uh, one beat of the drum, and that's as far conservative as you could possibly uh, go. And you know, I, look, I, I I don't I don't agree with that the same way I don't agree with you know the AOCs of the world going extreme left. But uh, but Doc, uh, great job as always here. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, And once again, everybody, uh, thank you for tuning in. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on The Florence Weinberg Show.